All right. Oscar. Yes. You're joining me today to talk about fixed income. Nice to be here. Yeah. On rates and everything in between. Exactly. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the US 10-year yield. We're going to talk about Ray Dalio and his call on cash versus bonds. And then we're going to talk about the German 10-year yield and what yeah. the hell is going on in Europe, actually. So, yes. yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive right into it, uh, Oscar. So, I think one of the biggest events in financial markets right now um, is this US 10-year yield. So, it's at... 4.32 last time I checked. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's getting really stretched here and the, the mortgage rates, I know you have been talking about that, is also very high. In it's the, at 7.3, 7.4% maybe in the, in the US. Exactly. It's extreme. It's very it's very high and um, the recent tick up in, in energy prices with the with the oil price, etc. is also impacting these yields. So I think the, 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 the big question here is is this a problem for uh, for equities? Um, and um, I mean, do you, I mean what what to expect on these rates? Will they mm. continue to to go higher? We have the FMC tomorrow. Um, yeah, yeah. And who knows? You know, I don't think we know because I I've been in the in the camp where I've been calling uh, the top of the rates for many many times now, and for a long long times. Uh, you know, I had my own mortgage here in Denmark. Uh, 30 year fixed and I I covered uh, converted that into into a floating one but that was you know one and a half years ago or something like that so so way too early and it seems like market is still calling for the top and the top and if you look at expectations you know you expect both ECB and the Fed to take down the the interest rates in 24 but if you go down half a year back they expected it now yeah. so it's again yeah exactly you That's know and point. and for every time we miss this uh expectation it seems like the long rates are getting closer and closer to uh, to the spot weights I, I would say there are, t- there are a couple of things where I'll, I'll try to present some arguments and then maybe you can you can push back so <clears throat> so some of the arguments for why maybe peak rates are here is that we have these student loans that are going now to be uh repaid mm. back again mm. we have had green transformation companies that are really struggling with these high uh, interest rates but then on the other hand, the economy has actually reaccelerated or doing okay in the U.S. Retail sales, the Red Book that we have talked about a couple of times is showing that the consumer is still alive. And I read the other day that Lenar, which is one of the largest home builders, they reported mm. earnings last week. Mm. And the CEO said on the earnings it's not call... not that bad. No, he said, yeah. you know, demand is rock solid. It's actually hot and it's hot across all price points. Yeah, but it, it's super complex. And I think every point you have is very complex because yeah. building... And, you know, if you look at construction in general, yes, you have places where the construction is not very good in commercial real estate, but then you have industrial real estate doing pretty well with all of these chips act and, you know, all of this going going pretty okay. And then with the housing market, it's also because the rates have also broken the housing market. Yeah. If you if you look at the turnover, yeah, it's back to, to the 90s. Yeah. Because, of course, if you locked in your mortgage at, at 2%, you don't want to move. No. You don't want to sell your house and... and, and and buyers, they are there with higher and higher rates. So they're saying, oh, then there, there are no houses for sale. Then we have to build. And that's exactly. good for builders. So it's it's super strange that it's it should be falling apart, but it it's not yeah. uh, because people are just uh, sitting on their, on their hands. And I, I guess as long as people have their job yeah, and they can point. pay their mortgage, you know, that it's going to be stuck forever. So it's again, it's like the waiting game. Inflation, when will it come down so we can get some, some cheaper loans? But but as long as we're rolling, you know, why should anything change? And that, that's what I mean again. If we don't get this recession, if we don't get some uh, 
oh no, melt up in meltdown in in consumption and 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 higher unemployment rates. Then then why should central banks take the rates down next year? Exactly, and I, and I think to a large extent that is also what they were signaling at the Jackson Hole. They are really, I mean, because the, as time goes by, yes, more and more companies will refinance at higher rates, but you and I, we're also getting a higher salary, so we can maybe absorb these higher interest still, rates over still time. Still a bit tough, I have it, to say, it, Peter, it, it, right? You, yeah. you're, you're getting, a, you know, instead of a five-star hotel, you go to a four-star, but we, we still go on holidays, right? And we that's what I mean. Yeah. People are not pressured enough. No. Uh, and also, as he said, uh, uh, Jay Powell, he, he, he mentioned this, we are navigating the stars on the... A cloudy sky, so yeah. he's he's pretty uh, honest that nobody knows. No, exactly. We have we have to see right and and yeah. I, and, and a, a final point before we go on and talk about Ray Dalio and his call because I think that's an interesting discussion. I would I would say as well that I think the reason why the equity market is doing as well as it is despite the high interest rate is that if you look at all these now casting indices and GDP in the US, they all turned around in May and have gone higher and higher and higher since. So I think that to a large extent, the move higher in interest rates have actually been driven by, you know, that the economy was not going into a recession, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're still growing. And and because we're still growing, that offsets the negative impact from these high interest rates on equities. And that's why equities are still up here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And everybody priced in a big, big recession uh, before the year started. And, and I was in that camp, by the way. Yeah, I think, every, you know, everyone was. Yeah. I didn't, uh, you know, I haven't speak to a fund manager before that date where they were all super pessimistic. Everyone was underweight. And then, you know, do you want a big recession or do you want uh, one point higher interest rates? Then, uh, you know, it yeah. should be better for companies to have a little higher financing cost, but but still... But no uh, recession. But no recession. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. So I think the question now is, okay, do you buy bonds or not? And maybe we cannot answer that question, but we'll try. Mm. So Ray Dalio, he attended the Milken Institute's 10th Annual Asian Summit in Singapore recently, I think five days ago. And he made some very brief comments where he said, I would rather own cash. And I think most people have interpreted that as short-term T-bills, which are yielding somewhere around 5.5%, than bonds or debt. And he really didn't like the situation. And he, he sort of implicitly said that, all this debt we ha- have in the world, that uh, and the U.S. issuing so much debt, that um, that that of course we're going to have a high interest rate. That was basically what he said. So he 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 expect you know higher bond yields in the long end of the yield curve. So the the question is, is he right or not? Other people have been arguing that these high interest rates, and you mentioned it. In a, I know in the Danish media as well, you highlighted this risk with these student loans and this refinancing. You mm. also see delinquencies on credit cards, uh, credit card debt yeah. is going up. So there are cracks. In the economy, yeah, yeah. and and I, you know, again, I'm always calling the top of the interest rate because I don't think it's sustainable in the long run, you mm-hmm. know. And the effects will show, yeah. But you need something to really crack uh, be, before you get them down. But 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 I think you know, in, in every cycle you see it goes slowly up, with the interest rates going up. Now it has been going pretty fast, yeah. But but the way down is going really fast, you know, when they have to drop interest rates. But we don't know what what will be. The consequences, because if if this is just a new world with uh, higher uh, structural inflation, as many have been been calling for, and and a bit higher interest rates, you know, then it's still again you you still have the negative uh, spread between the longer end and and the shorter end of the yield curve in the states, and then 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 you should stay in the in the short end and at the I five think- and a half, and then wait for something to crack, and then you move out the curve. Yeah. I think actually that is partly one of the the reasons. As long as the yield curve is in, as inverted as it is, yeah. 
that I think probably is the thinking of uh, Bridgewater or Ray Dalio that they they rather be in the short end of the yield curve with zero maturity uh, risk, also, uh, duration risk. Sorry, and and then you get your five and a half percent versus the four point something right now in yeah, the US. Still good with, with no risk, right? And yeah. and I think you have Bill Ackman. The hedge fund guy with the blonde hair. Yeah. He he was also silver uh, silver hair almost silver right. silver fox. Yeah. Of course, but but he uh, he he also came out about a month ago and said he he was shorting uh, the long end of the curve yeah. uh, because uh, again they have all the same arguments with structural high inflation uh, higher for longer all of this you know so so what's priced in with the with the cuts next year will not happen. Mm. Then again, if you don't believe that you get three or four cuts. Next year in the states and maybe the same in in Europe. Then then it's right. Then then you are yeah. you know you are another place than where the market is pricing. And then you should stay in the in the short end for and, now. And I think it was Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He 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 floated this idea that it's not unthinkable that we could go to five and a half percent in the U.S. ten year. He sort of mm. just put out the idea out there that that's not yeah. unreasonable. So it's flattening out. Yeah, you know basically. Uh, Yeah, and I guess again, every time we don't get the expectations of cuts, uh, the spread will narrow. That's that's my belief. So if we sit in the beginning of 24 and we still have no recession, we may still have low unemployment, and let's say inflation is is two and a half, three percent, you know, then we get a disappointment again mm. on on that side, you know, on on you know the cuts. Yeah. And then and then it should narrow again and again. And I think that's that's where all these hedge fund guys they're in the same school that they say, you know, why should it go down? You see headline inflation slowly going up again. Yeah. Why should we take the duration risk? Even though personally, I would love these duration bets yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think at some point there's something we're not seeing, and then and then it's a huge opportunity to look at these thirty, fifty, year, maybe hundred year bonds that I'm looking at sometimes. Yeah, and I think. <clears throat> and that, this is also why the energy market. I've, I talked to all about that in the, in the podcast we did on commodities last week. Um, while the energy market is so important because it is really obvious right now that the 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 run up in oil prices is really impacting those inflation expectations. I I, I was looking, Oscar, at something that was quite uh, interesting as well on on the U.S. Treasury benchmark index total return. Uh, I, I looked it up on Bloomberg. You can get data back from 1972. So what was interesting is that. During the 1970s, when interest rate and inflation was really galloping higher, you still actually managed to have a positive return in in nominal nominal returns were mm. still positive because the coupon rates of the bond yield were so high that the carry was high enough to offset that slowly higher interest rates over time. Yeah. Where this time around, we came for ultra low interest rates and. Uh, I checked the numbers. We we created a drawdown of 18% in that U- U.S. Uh, Treasury benchmark index, and we've been in a drawdown for 38 months. That's pretty crazy, actually, mm. to say the least. And um, yeah, I, I was just thinking because that's Altia's point that the reason why maybe you don't have to be a superstar in timing the uh, the bond market right now, Oscar, is that when you are at close to four and a half percent, I think Altia said. If the interest rates go to five or five twenty-five on the U.S. ten-year yield, then you, five, they, five six percent you lo- But then they carry the carry yeah. will will actually uh, will actually uh, offset that. So your downside risk is not meaningful unless you get a really big interest rate shock. And I think that is part of the reason why you could actually argue how big is the risk actually to begin having and, some bonds and, in the portfolio. And again, uh, to time when you see these serious problems in in the economy, when it happens, it happens so quickly. Again, with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic and the other banks, you know, you saw the the interest rates fall 
Yeah. Really, really rapidly. Not, not on those bonds, of course, but, but the more uh, secure ones. And, and, and that's, you know, let's say we, uh, we have a bank failure in two weeks in, in Europe because of uh, their loan book or, you know, rising interest rates again. You know, I believe it's a 10-year can fall half a percent. Very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. And then you don't have the time to get out and in and out of, of everything because then you're nervous and what to do. Yeah. Because at the, so, at, at the end of the day, people prefer the U.S. Uh, bond market because that's still the most uh, liquid. And actually, yeah. that's a segue, Oscar, to talk a little bit about Europe. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I looked up the German 10-year yield, and it sits at 2.7%. It's very close to the highest it has been since the inflation cycle began. And those levels it uh, German yields were at before the Silicon Valley Bank blow up. What I find interesting about Europe is that you have yields going higher, you have an ECB in a tough position, and the economic fundamentals are actually deteriorating, and Germany is probably in a recession. Yeah. That's really not a very good situation to be in. Uh, but inflation, inflation is still it's really high, right? It's really high in the Europe still. It's what is it, six five six percent? Exactly. So, but it's really bad to have rising interest rates while your economic growth yeah, is slowing yeah. down. We'll go and you have into a winter where you will see higher electricity costs again. Uh, we don't know how bad it will be, but it will be higher than just now. Yeah. So maybe so when we when, is, when, when, when we talk of, when we talk about buying bonds or not, it's probably difficult to make a case in in Europe or what uh, or, or or maybe. It is. But it's again, you know, when we go into politics and. We talk about fiscal spending and central banks. I think, you know, if we get into trouble, you know, central banks, they are on a mission. They cannot back off. Yeah. But then you have states. They can do whatever they want, and then they find the funding somewhere, yeah. ending up in the central banks at some point. And I think that's what what's happening and, and why probably also equities are doing quite well compared to bonds, because bonds are navigated by central bank rates, right? Equities, they are maybe more uh, influenced by fiscal spending from states. So if, if Europe gets into a trouble, then they just do a, a fiscal package from the EU and from the German government or whatever and say, oh, we can fund it, a kind problem or whatever. Yeah. And then you get a deficit and then you ask the ECB to buy it up at some point later. You know, that's politics. And that's that's why I think, you know, I can see the equity case still, even though it shouldn't make sense with high interest rates. Yeah. But that's because you give with one hand and then you t- your central banks take with the other one. Yeah, that's a good point. But, but bonds, bonds are, are navigated by that. But I'm a little bit more nervous on European equities because I think the rising interest rates in Europe is reflection of inflation risk, whereas in the US, I think it has reflected more the uh, the economic growth. But in any case, yeah, yeah. you and I, we're going to talk about equities to uh, tomorrow, so uh, that will be on our home turf. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was uh, our podcast on fixed income. So uh, watch out for that US 10-year yield. It's important. And um, again, think about whether bonds should be part of your portfolio. If there's a if there is a turnaround or not turnaround, if the economy slows down, it's always worth considering. And um, yeah, we will be back tomorrow. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye.